Good morning, and welcome to According to the Scriptures. My name is Kyle Webb. I serve as the minister for the Mars Hill Church of Christ that meets in Christiana, Tennessee. I'm happy that you have joined our program for today. Before we begin our program, I'll remind you to visit our website if you have not done so already. You can go to www.marshillcoc.org. Again, that is marshillcoc.org. And we have a great deal of information about the congregation. We have information there about the program according to the scriptures. And so we invite you to visit that website. Uh, there are quick links on the, the front page to everything for this week, thus far at least. And I'll add a, a link later for the, the current lesson that you are listening to for according to the scriptures. Um, but again, we would appreciate you visiting and send us a message. There's a link to do so on the website or you can email me personally at bkwebweb519 at gmail.com. bkweb519 at gmail.com. And we would love to hear from you. Questions, comments, if there's any way that we can help you, uh, please let us know. And if you're ever in the, the Christiana, Rutherford County area of Tennessee, we would invite you to come and visit with us if you have the opportunity. Today we continue our study of Peter. We have been looking at underdogs of the Bible. This is the sixth individual that we have looked at uh, as far as those who are unlikely heroes of the Bible. And we are in the third lesson in regard to Peter. And so far we have talked about what makes Peter a hero. The, the fact that he was a chosen apostle is one of the things that, that makes him a hero. All of the apostles, uh, of course, with the exception of one, uh, did great things in their ministry, uh, great things in regard to encouraging and establishing the church, and Peter is no different in that, uh, but he was one of the chosen twelve, one who was chosen by Jesus. It is Peter in Matthew chapter 16 that gives the great confession, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. It is Peter who stood up in the midst of uh, the, the, the presence of, of the eleven that were left and, and uh, amongst the Jews that were present on the day of Pentecost. And he preached what we refer to as the first gospel sermon. It was Peter who in Acts chapter 2 and verse 38 told the Jews what they needed to do to be saved. Repent. And let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Peter was a driving force, leading and encouraging the church in the ways of God and in following the word of God. And we also looked at his redemption. 
even when he failed, uh, whenever he betrayed Jesus, whenever he uh, refused to acknowledge that he knew Jesus, we see that, that he also experienced redemption. When Jesus asks him three times, Simon, son of Jonah, do you love me? And he tells him, tend my lambs, feed my sheep. Peter does express his love for Jesus. And he goes on to show that love in uh, the way that, that he acted from there on out. And we see him as a champion of spiritual growth for that reason. We began looking last week at Peter as an underdog. We, we talked about all the great things that he did in his life. There were also some, some moments in his life that he was not so great, that he was not uh, the strong rock that, he, that the name Peter means. We looked uh, last week at, at how he was brought to Christ by his brother Andrew, and he was told, you are Simon, the son of Jonah. You shall be called Cephas, or Peter, meaning a stone. That's from John 1 and verse 42. But again, he wasn't always that rock. He was not always the stone that he needed to be. And so we looked at, at him walking on the sea. We see Jesus going to his disciples on the sea and Peter seeing him and realizing who he was. He says, let me also come to you. Jesus says, come. Peter comes, but whenever he sees the storm, he's standing on the water, he's walking on the water, and he sees the great storm, and he is distracted from his faith. And we see that he begins to sing, but he reaches out to, to the right place, and he says, Lord, save me. And Jesus does. He stretched out his hand, caught him, and said to him, O oh, you of little faith, why did you doubt? A moment of doubt caused Peter to sink. A good, strong faith that didn't fail would have allowed him to walk on the water continuously until he got to Jesus. But his faith began to waver, as ours does so often. And he began to sing. There's so many great lessons that we learn from, from this. We, we learn lessons from Jesus, but also from Peter. And we're going to continue our study with uh, two or three other places in which Peter was not the rock that he normally was. There are many people, uh, those that, that are even close to me, that have suggested that Peter is probably one of the most recognizable uh, of, of people as far as the, the way that he lived and, and the fact that we have so many things about Peter whenever he failed, whenever he wasn't strong. We see his growth throughout the scriptures more so than, than maybe anyone else that we read about. Most all of the, the followers of Jesus 
at least the, the strong people that we know of that teach us so many great lessons. We also have instances in which they were not great. And Peter, we have many instances recorded in Scripture of when he was not great. But even so, there are instances in which he was. And it is in those instances that we learn the most. Before we get into our lesson for today, let's bow in a word of prayer. Our holy and righteous Heavenly Father, we thank you for the blessings that you've given to us. And we thank you for this day. We thank you for the opportunity for this time that we are able to study together. And we pray that you would bless our studies, bless us in our understanding. Help us like Peter to grow in our service to you. Help us to grow spiritually. Help us to be strong. Help us to lead lost souls to you. We pray that you would continue to bless those around us those who are sick, those who are suffering, those who are are in time of need, you know their needs. We pray that you would meet them. We pray that you would bless us throughout this day, that you would give us safety, that you would guide us and keep us always in your care. We thank you for Jesus, for his sacrifice for our sins and for all that he means to us. It is through Jesus that we pray. Amen. We pick up in our study today in Matthew chapter 17, Matthew chapter 17. And if I do run a little bit quick, I'm trying to to squeeze a lot into uh, the next 20 minutes or so. And so just bear with me and, and we'll try to get through this. And I have plans to move on to someone else uh, for next week. But in Matthew chapter 17 and beginning with verse 1, we began reading uh, of an experience that, that Peter was a part of. In Matthew 17, beginning with verse 1, now after six days, Jesus took Peter, James, and John, his brother, led them up on a high mountain by themselves, and he was transfigured before them. His face shone like the sun, and his clothes became as white as the light. And behold, Moses and Elijah appeared to them, talking with them. And Peter answered and said to Jesus, Lord, it is good for us to be here. If you wish, let us make here three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. Verse 5. While he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and suddenly a voice came out of the cloud, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. I tried to to mimic what I think God's voice would be like. But he gives uh, this, this revelation to them. Uh, He is revealing to them, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. And he says, hear him. And when the disciples heard it, they fell on their faces and were greatly afraid. But Jesus came and touched them and said, 
Arise and do not be afraid. When they had lifted up their eyes, they saw no one but Jesus only. Peter, James, and John, they they seem to be sort of an inner circle for Jesus. Uh, A little bit later, whenever he uh, goes to the garden to pray, it is those three that he takes deeper into the garden with him, not all the way into the garden where he prayed alone, but they go a a little bit deeper into it than the other apostles. And, And so Peter, James, and John are present on this occasion when Jesus is transfigured before them. And it says that his face shone like the sun and his clothes became as white as the light. And there were two others that stood with Jesus, Moses and Elijah. It is said and and believed that Moses and Elijah and even Jesus represent three ways in which God delivered his will and his word to his people. We begin with Moses in the book of Exodus and following where he imparts to the people the law. And it is believed that Moses is the writer of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And at the end of Deuteronomy, we, we read the end of Moses' life. And we also have mentioned here Elijah. So Moses represents the law of God to his people by which they were to follow and to serve him. But then you have Elijah as well. Elijah was a prophet and arguably one of the greatest prophets. He is one of the most recognized prophets. I believe it is John the Baptist that that is uh, believed to be Elijah, come back from the dead. And Jesus is believed to be also Elijah. In Matthew chapter 16, we see that Jesus asked his disciples, who do men say that I, the son of man, am? So they said in answering like the people, some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah were one of the prophets. Jesus is is close in relation in type to Elijah in that Jesus also is a prophet. But as we look at these individuals, one thing that that I want you to remember as we look at Peter's reaction to what he is experiencing and what he is seeing, Moses and Elijah were both men, great men, no doubt, but they were men. And we see uh, occasions where both of them are not perfect. We think of of Moses, and there's an instance in the book of Numbers in which he strikes a rock. There are actually two instances where he strikes a rock, the first of which God told him to strike the rock, and water would be provided from the rock to the people. 
the second time God tells Moses to speak to the rock. But instead, he strikes the rock. God, out of his mercy, provides water for the people. But Moses has made a great error, a costly error, an error that costs him entrance into the promised land. Moses was a great servant of God, and, and, and even after that, he still had a very close relationship, a relationship like no other with God. And it doesn't cost him his eternity, as far as what we read in Scripture, but it does cost him entrance into the promised land. He is allowed to see it, as he has led the people so many years 40 years wandering in the wilderness, and he led the people. And finally, they get to the promised land, and he is allowed to look into it, but he cannot go in. Moses made a grave error because he was human. It doesn't necessarily excuse him from what he did, from, from uh, his reaction. But it is true that, that he did uh, serve God faithfully all those years. But he was not without fault. And Elijah is not either. Uh, even after the, the great experience with the, the prophets of Baal, uh, whenever God won the battle between he and the prophets of Baal, it's not that long after that Elijah uh, ends up in a, a place, in a cave, I believe it is, when he believes that he is the only one left faithfully serving God, and God reassures him, you're not the only one. I have many more. But he had doubt in his mind, and and he was not without fault in that either. Both of these were men. But Peter's reaction to all of this you know, uh, Peter, he, whenever he has something on his mind, it comes out. And that's one of the, the things that the people identify with most in regard to Peter, that, that he speaks his mind. There is no doubt about that. And sometimes that's a good thing, such as in the great confession of Matthew 16. But this time he says, Lord, it is good for us to be here. That is true. If you wish, let us make here three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. And I think that the error here with Peter is that he's placing Moses and Elijah on the same pedestal as Jesus, the Son of God. If these be representative of uh, the ways that God delivers his word to his people. Of course, you have Moses with the law and Elijah as a representative uh, of the days of prophecy when God spoke to his people through servants, through visions, and, and through uh, the, the voices that they could hear. Uh, they could hear God. Jesus comes along. Jesus is the word of God. And so in 
John chapter 1. We read in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him and without him nothing was made that was made. In him was life and the life was the light of men. And the light shines in the darkness and the darkness did not comprehend it. Whenever John is speaking of the word, uh, one thing that you'll notice in the newer translations, uh, I'm using the New King James Version, and the word, word, is capitalized there. And in verse 2, we find out that the word is a he. He was in the beginning with God. The word is Christ. He is the final way in which God imparts his message to his people. Jesus embodies the word. There is a sense in which we may hold a Bible in our hand and read the words of God. But there is also a sense in which Jesus is the word of God. And it is through him that we understand, that we are able to understand. It is through the power of God that we are able to understand. Through the power of the spirit. But Jesus is referred to as the Word who was with God, who was God, who was in the beginning with God, and without him nothing in creation was made. Jesus was there. Are all three of these ways equal? Moses and Elijah were men, and they were fallible. Jesus, however, was God. He is God. Jesus lived a perfect life on the earth. He was free from the temptation. Uh, He did face temptation, but he was free from giving in to the temptations that he faced. Jesus is not equal to Moses and Elijah, and God reveals that to these men and to all of us. Uh, On two occasions, he says, This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. The other at Jesus' baptism. When Jesus fulfilled the word of God and what God wanted him to do. Jesus is again doing that. God says, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Hear him. God is, is telling them that Jesus is not the same as Moses and Elijah, but is much greater. Peter thought, well, this is a good idea, except that that he didn't take into account exactly who Jesus is. And I don't know that the, the disciples really fully understood who Jesus was, even until the time of his death. We see that there's much question as to what's going to happen after Jesus' death. Peter reflects on this occasion in 2 Peter chapter 1, verses 17 and 18. For he received from God the Father honor and glory when such a voice came to him from the excellent glory. This is my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And we heard this voice which came from heaven when we were with him on the holy mountain. Peter remembered this occasion, and Peter learned from that occasion, and he carries what he learns 
into his encouragement of the church, even after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. Let's look briefly at, at some other instances in which Peter was not the rock that he needed to be. In John 13, we read of the washing of feet, uh, where Jesus washes the feet of his disciples. And it says in John 13, beginning with verse 5, after that he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet and to wipe them with the towel with which he was girded. Then he came to Simon Peter, and Peter said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Peter said to him, You shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered him, If I do not wash you, you have no part with me. Peter was humbled by the words and by the servitude of Jesus. And we learn a great lesson in that Peter thought that he was there. And he was not. He was not the rock that he needed to be at that time. Jesus is arrested. And we see that, that Peter is rebuked by Jesus. In John 18, beginning with verse 10, Then Simon Peter, having a sword, drew it and struck the high priest's servant and cut off his right ear. The servant's name was Malchus. So Jesus said to Peter, Put your sword into the sheath. Shall I not drink the cup which my father has given me? Peter affirmed his loyalty to Jesus in Matthew 26, verses 31 through 35, but later denied even knowing him in John 18, verses 15 through 18. Briefly, I'm going to try to finish up here. Matthew 26, verses 69 through 74. Now Peter sat outside in the courtyard, and a servant girl came to him, saying, You also were with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied it before them all, saying, I do not know what you are saying. And when he had gone out to, to the gateway, another girl saw him and said to those who were, with, who were there, This fellow also was with Jesus of Nazareth. But again, he denied with an oath, I do not know the man. Even worse, in verse 73, and a little later, those who stood by came up and said to Peter, Surely you also are one of them, for your speech betrays you. Then he began to curse and swear, saying, I do not know the man. Immediately a rooster crowed. And something that we find only in Luke's account, Luke 22, verses 61 and 62. And the Lord turned and looked at Peter. Then Peter remembered the word of the Lord, how he had said to him, Before the rooster crows, you will deny me three times. So Peter went out and wept bitterly. We realize that there are times in Peter's life when he is not the rock that he needs to be. But he does go on to become a great hero of the Bible sharing with people the message of Christ, the gospel of salvation. And here we have evidence in Scripture of his life and the great lessons that he learned so that we can learn also from those lessons and so that we can be encouraged by them. No, Peter was not perfect. And maybe he was an unlikely hero of the Bible. 
But even so, Peter is a great example for all of us. The way that he lived and even in the way that he died. Peter was a great servant of God and one that we can learn much from. I hope that this study has been helpful to you and I invite you to come back and be with us next Tuesday at 11 a.m. if you have the ability. And and next week, Lord willing, I'm hoping that we'll study Paul and maybe this will be the, the last of the individuals uh, from uh, the Underdogs of the Bible series that we look at and we'll, we'll look at something else maybe after that. But I look forward to being with you next week, next Tuesday at 11 a.m. Until we meet again, may God bless you.